The title of today's episode is Leading with Mindfulness. And mindfulness, to bring our attention to the present moment, I would argue there's nothing more powerful. This is Catherine Bell. Because when we're present, all the distraction, all the anxiety, all the fear can wash away or we may notice it and then it goes away once we notice it. Catherine is a successful entrepreneur, business leader, and a best-selling business author. Catherine is the author of The Awakened Company. Catherine also founded Blue Era, a profit 500 executive search and team transformation company. As a top 200 growing company in Canada, top 10 in Alberta, and best workplace, Blue Era was a shining example of the Awakened Company system in action. If you want to learn more about me, go to issuesync.com. You can go there, learn more about me. If you want to know, learn about the evolution of this podcast, go to startingtoknow.com, startingtoknow.com. You can go there, learn more about many business-related topics. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Catherine to the show. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, totally my pleasure to have you here. Uh, But what is that you do at the Awakened Company? Let's start from there. So the Awakened Company, our vision is to ignite and sustain the fire within with passion, purposefulness, and playfulness. And we help organizations create great cultures because, as most people know, when we focus two-thirds on culture and one-third on financial results, that's where magic appears. And we handle the cultural piece. So how do we build great cultures in organizations? And we look at it from the individual standpoint, from the relationship standpoint, and from the collective standpoint. Is mindfulness same being mindful seems similar to me being a layman, like not knowing much about mindfulness, but is there a difference or both are the same thing? So mindfulness is being aware and present with the moment, Mm -hmm. with what is. And mindfulness is something that we work with, um, with individuals and with teams. And I have some very specific practices for senior leaders that they can use for their companies in their meetings, et cetera. And mindfulness to bring our attention to the present moment, I would argue there's nothing more powerful because when we're present, all the distraction, all the anxiety, all the fear can wash away or we may notice it and then it goes away once we notice it. So I don't know if you're up to playing with me, but we could do some mindfulness practices together. Okay. I'm all set. Okay. Let's go for it. I wanted to ask you, like, is there any technique that we can do even now? Not even me, like whosoever is listening to this episode right now, like they might be doing it at the same time. Yes, there, there is. So I there's a few techniques and I'd love to go through a few of them with you. And this is really, really practical. And I've, done this with thousands of leaders and hundreds of teams, and it works. So first of all, uh, let's just ground. Um, We were in a big session yesterday with the team. And when we work with teams, the first thing we do is we lead a centering practice. So, and what centering does is it brings us into the moment and helps us be more creative, helps us make better decisions. So this is a micro practice that everybody can do with their team. So feet on the ground Mm -hmm. and then bring your awareness to your right arm. 
hand awareness to your right leg. Awareness to your left leg. Awareness to your left arm. Awareness to the top of your head. Awareness to your eyes. Awareness to your ears. Awareness to your nose. Awareness to your mouth. Now bring your awareness to how deeply you're breathing. We're often just breathing from the top part of our lungs and an invitation to breathe more deeply to the bottom part of our lungs. And now bring your awareness to the bottom of your feet. Thank you. Now, how was that mini body scan for you? When you reached to the point of breath at that time, like I felt, okay, I don't think so. I'm breathing right. So when you said like deep breathing and you, you said the word deep, I started taking like proper breaths. That was a, that was a moment for me. Maybe for someone else is going to be something else, but that was yes. a moment for me. Like when I became like a little bit more aware, I can say that. Yes. And the more we practice it, the more we can drop into being mindful or being present with wherever we are. Another great practice um, that I have is actually to bring awareness to my feet. So I can get very nervous about things. And when I get nervous about things, I drop my energy to my feet or bring awareness to my feet. And that helps me to be more grounded. So as leaders, I'd suggest, you know, mini body scan like we did and pay attention. Like you showed great awareness of when you actually dropped in. So to just keep that that mini practice going and to bring awareness to your body, because there's only one thing that's present in the moment. And it's not our thoughts. It's not our fleeting feelings. It's our body. So to bring awareness back to our body. And then now we have boards of directors doing these practices before they go into their board meetings. And mm -hmm. it's very interesting because what they're finding is that they're way more centered during their meeting and they're more productive because they aren't as distracted. Another thing that I think it's really powerful when people hear this. So we have approximately... 80,000 thoughts a day. And I heard this from an Olympic coach. So her name's uh, Dr. Shawnee Harley. 80,000 thoughts a day, 80% are repeating, and 95% of those thoughts are negative. So mm -hmm. to be mindful, to be mindful of what it is we're actually feeding our brains as leaders around our strategy, around when we're with somebody, what exactly are we feeding? What exactly are we paying attention to? An invitation to bring our awareness to what we're thinking about, catch ourselves in the act of our thoughts, and then interjecting with thoughts that are more productive and more positive. Because those negative repeating thoughts aren't often real. Sometimes they are, but they're often not. So to catch ourselves in the act of like, what are we really thinking? 
And where are we really placing our attention? And for me, there's something about having an intention, placing our attention, and then acting from that place. You know, leaders capture people's hearts, heads, and hands. And so what's our intention? What's our action? And and our, our intention, rather, our attention, awareness, and action. What do you have noticed so far, Catherine, in terms of your practice, like relationship of mindfulness and leadership? specifically leadership, you have touched on to the point of leaders going to the boardrooms. I can foresee one thing, why leaders, because they have the pressure, I would say the burden that they need. They don't need to succeed only themselves. They have the burden of their team. Like they want their team to succeed at the same time. So increases by tenfolds. Um, is that the reason mindfulness is more important for the leaders? What do you think? Like, what are your thoughts? Mindfulness is important for everybody because mm -hmm. we don't have a moment to lose. And here's some other very interesting data is I think as leaders, we need to consider everybody as leaders. And why do I say that? Because the moment we consider them something else, research, business research shows that their behavior is actually demotivated and their behavior is that they don't act as leaders. If we don't think of them as leaders and treat them as leaders, they don't act as leaders. So I think, first of all, everybody's a leader and a leader of their thoughts and leaders who are responsible for hundreds and thousands of people. It is, a, a, you know, it's a, it's a next level responsibility. And we know from research that the majority of people are disengaged at work. They rate the worst time of their day is their time with their bosses and it has significant financial consequences on organizations. So how do leaders build relationships mindfully? And one way is to actually spend one-on-one -on -one time with people who you work with and to positively notice them. I was just at an event for Haskane School of Business and one of the former deans of, of the business school said, the most important thing I did was every night I wrote five thank you notes to people. That was the most positive thing and had the highest impact of my entire career. Wow. Okay. So I think we need to get out of the kind of leaders need to do massive things. No, it's like, what's the smallest thing as leaders that we can, can be doing to, you know, build the vision, build our values, build our action plans. And in those series of small things, and when we're very attentive with those small things, when we're mindful with those things, it has a different source of power. Can these benefits be measured or can be seen in the in the companies? What do you what do you tell companies? What do you tell leaders after you go through this process? Because the I feel like this is not a one-time thing, as you said. It's a, the more you do, the more you become aware. So it's going to be processed according to me. What a fabulous question. And one of the things we know is that when there's a lot of turnover in organizations, mm -hmm. so let's say somebody quits a job at $100,000, um, the cost of the organization is about $1.3 million, and that's from GH Smart. So like how, so turnover, turnover decreases when we create healthy cultures. And I think we need, I need to say this, it's uncomfortable for me to say, and it's what I experience. A lot of leaders don't, know what their vision is in a real way don't know what their values are in a real way 
So I'll ask, I'll ask a uh, CEO, so what's your vision? And they'll dance across the, you know, across the highway, kind of explaining it to me. And it then becomes clear that they don't even know what their vision is. Hmm. So to be mindful about our aims, so our vision, our North Stars, help to create intention for the entire collective. And when done so in a mindful way, it's incredibly powerful. However, often it's forgotten or lip service. So mm -hmm. the invitation is create, uh, in the Awaken Company book, I write about energize, sustain, and regenerate. And energize is really what's our vision? Where are we going? How are we going to get there? Which are our missions? And how are we going to celebrate our success? We then need to think about in terms of sustaining like what are our values? What is our connectivity as a team? And what are the appropriate structures? And then we also need to think about regeneration. How are we en enabling innovation, creativity, and peacefulness? And mindfulness brings in that whole notion of regeneration. Just mm -hmm. taking that, that pause, those moments to breathe, and we get more creative and we're more productive. And also, you know, decisions seem to just drop into us at those times. It's not so much when we're, we're busy just forcing, forcing an agenda, rather it's when we just take a moment, pause, and then that aha, that lightning bulb will flash in terms of our ideas. Mm -hmm. So the integration of mindfulness and is incredibly powerful for organizations and it creates a more harmonious and flowing uh, work culture, which then becomes a more productive work, work culture. There, one of my uh, former companies, we had uh, uh, unlimited vacation because we wanted to give people the freedom to uh, work as they see fit. And the first year people didn't take enough holidays, didn't take enough vacations. And then the second year they were, they were, and what we found is that people were way more productive as a result, mm -hmm. way, way more productive. When trust is present, everything goes faster. As you, as I mentioned previously as well, like this is a change and a process. And of course, as with any other change, it is a bumpy ride in the beginning. So in your experience, what have you noticed? Like what are the common challenges, problems that a person faces like going through this process? Say, similar to meditation, like when you try to meditate, like your 80,000 thoughts, everything comes together. <laughs> and like your past, present, future. So everything comes in front of you and uh, meditation kind of becomes like very hard to do that. So is that a similar thing? Uh, initially, it's going to be hard. Like the more you're going to move forward through the process, it's going to become smoother, harder, like it's going to be ups and downs or what have you seen so far? What I've seen so far is it depends. And for some people, uh, mindfulness, so bringing attention back to the present moment is is easy for other people it's like their their thoughts are all the clouds in the sky their emotions are all the waves in the ocean <laughs> and and yet uh what i found there's one ceo that i was working with and for about a year he's like i don't know about this i don't know about this i don't know about this and then it finally like the penny dropped and he's like this has actually changed my life 
And it's never the same. The moment is never the same. And when we're mindful and present, it opens up a sense of belonging and a sense of purpose and a sense of meaning in everything that we do. So it's it's easy for some people, challenging for others. And I'll speak for me as a leader. I'll never forget uh, leading one of my teams before a team session doing this. Uh, and I was really uncomfortable because this was over two decades ago uh, <laughs> that I was doing this with the team. And it was really uncomfortable because it wasn't typical. And mm. so I would invite all leaders to lean into the discomfort to get uncomfortable, to experiment with these things and to see what works for your team. I don't believe in cookie cutter approaches when it comes to uh, corporate culture and mm -hmm. creating healthy co corporate culture. So it's also a matter of playing with what works and, and also not keeping it the same. There's so many different practices. Like I gave the body scan, we did the thoughts about you know, how the majority of our thoughts are negative and how to rewire our brain. There's also like, when we get a gazillion emails, like have an email practice so that we're not carrying our phones with us everywhere. And we can be mindful when we are responding to email and texts, et cetera. So basically high stress, high pressure environment, try to avoid that as much as you can. And at the same time, they follow through the practice. This is what you're saying? Well, I don't think we should avoid high pressure. I think, you know, in high pressure environments, creativity can really thrive. Hmm. I think it's bringing our entire awareness to those high pressure moments and not being distracted and being in them. And when we're in them, we will respond to them with far greater uh, success and far greater productivity. Okay. So it's a matter of really designating our there's a war for our attention and it's a matter of getting deliberate as leaders with how we're placing our attention and then our actions. And there's something we haven't talked about that I think every leader should have and every leader should have an intention because either we lead our intent with intention or we will be led. So I invite everybody right now, take out of a pen and paper, write down what is your leadership intention? And if I were to ask you this question, how would you respond? My intention is going to be like my team su should succeed versus my company should be uh, successful and everyone should be healthy and well. Um, I don't know, like I, I jumbled every thought that was coming in my mind. So I don't know whether I'm point according to you or not, but yeah, this is what I felt. First of all, I want to thank you for being vulnerable and real. Um, and I would ask you, what is underneath that desire to be successful? What is underneath that? Because, you know, like success is, what does that really mean? So tell me more, tell me more about that. Because I think that underneath your desire for that, there's something that's of Pow powerful medicine for how you act and are in the world. So what is underneath that desire to be successful? It's a hunger. I, I come from a humble background, so I've seen a lot of difficult stuff in my family. That's kind of a motivating factor for me and has been so far for a very, very long time. And I think, yeah, that's like success means, yeah, if, if you want me to, me to put in a more perspective, I would say for me, success is going to be money, but not at the stake of like, yeah, I want to 
crush someone's feeling or I want to be successful by any means is is not who I am like it's yeah I want to be successful I want to live a comfortable life I want my family to live a comfortable life this is what I want mhm and when I heard you speak right at the beginning I loved the way you spoke about um your your family and for me there's something about um that i heard about building building a a life almost like demonstrating that that what you what you're doing is possible for others and for your family you know like there was something underneath that that i found very compelling because the moment we attach the financial to it while that could, that is definitely part of the story there's something underneath that like to create a healthy meaningful life for our, for our family and friends that to me is a real intention and i felt that when you were describing it and you also used a word that really resonated with me i'm i'm involved in a lot of fast pitches where um where students are pitching and i we give money to the students who win mm. and i use hunger mm. as the number one criteria <laughs> for that so i loved also that you used the word hunger uh in the, the i think that was one of your first words that you used so yeah. you know i think hungry for a, uh, for a world something that's great for my family and friends or something like that you know but to play with this i'd really encourage you to play with this to set that intention repeat it to yourself and share it with the world and when we do this we inspire ourselves and not only that we inspire our friends our family our colleagues we inspire everybody so i'd invite you to to keep playing with that and i loved the hunger piece that you um that you brought in because yeah i think when we're hungry we can make that difference if you would have said more i was i was getting emotional like uh i think you touched on to very deep points um yeah i won't be covering that here but yeah i think you you caught me there um like <laughs> when you were saying like this is the underlying reason or maybe like you want to do something else this has been always my intention uh with my friends with my family uh, everyone i want like people around me to have a comfortable life whether that means in terms of money whatever i can do uh to make them reach the next point if they are they are not healthy if i have access to someone they can get that access maybe that thing this is who i am like i i always try to find some ways some means try to help people so yeah mm. thank you so much thank you thank you so much really from the bottom of my heart um any final like time is off the essence like i want to keep going uh you're going really deep and i'm 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 getting like really touchy here but <laughs> i want to wrap it up um because time is off the essence as i said any final thoughts that you would like to share with the with the person who is listening to this episode right now that I might not have asked anything. Well, so often now I'm getting touchy because you're getting <laughs> touchy. So often I haven't believed in myself. And finally I am beginning to believe that what we think, what we feel and how we are in the world really does have an impact not only for ourselves but our family, our friends, our community and our world. and i would just invite everybody to go into 
the discomfort of being vulnerable as you've done so eloquently uh, today. And we have, um, we have so many social media channels and really I see our social media as a big public service to help people build their businesses. It has so many, we have so many helpful hints. So check out our social media, sign up for our newsletters because we have little, I'm very practical if you couldn't tell, Hmm. very practical. So a ton of practical wisdom to share with people and come join us awakening a a better world for everybody and for our kids and for our planet. Awesome. And Catherine, what what is going to be the website or where people can find you, reach out to you? Yes. So our website is awakencompany.com and awakenly.app is the app. Mm-hmm. And you can find the newsletter under contact us. You can find me, Catherine Arbell, on LinkedIn. You can also uh, find me on or Awakened Company on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Awesome. Catherine, thank you so much for coming to the show. This really means a lot. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor to spend time with you. Thank you. <laughs>